0: First Baptist Melbourne podcast, making disciples here and everywhere for the glory of God. Well, if you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, would you turn with me once again to the book of Proverbs. Uh, This is our last week in this six-week series called Wisdom for Life. And in this series, we have seen that uh, our great God has given us through the pen uh, of King Solomon many, many years ago, uh, his wisdom for uh, every area of our lives. Already in this series, we've talked about his wisdom for speech, for the way that we talk. Uh, we've seen his wisdom uh, for how we work. We've seen his wisdom for our friendships. And last week, his wisdom for our character. But today's message is going to be a little bit different than uh, the rest of the series because really today we're not uh, just looking at uh, one single topic or area of life per se, but instead uh, we're going to be talking about what I'm calling the wisdom of discernment or the wisdom to know the difference. And really, that's a kind of wisdom that we need, not just for one area of our lives, but for every area of life. Uh, It applies to all kinds of everyday situations that we find ourselves in and that we need to know uh, how we can honor God in this particular instance and situation that uh, we find ourselves in. I I don't know about you, sometimes I, I wish... Uh, you know, uh, that if God had like a a suggestion box uh, where I could put in uh, some suggestions about uh, maybe some things uh, that could be added to uh, his word. Now now hear me, I know his word is perfect just as it is, but just indulge me for just a moment, right? But sometimes wouldn't it be nice if if there was a a, a 67th book added to the Bible uh, that was just all about your life, right? It was the book of, and put your name in there. And it it contained every uh, decision that you really ever needed to make, right? So you're making a decision about, you know, where do I go to college? Or I just turn to, you know, the book of Scott, chapter 3, verse 4. And it's right there. That's where it is, where I need to go. And it'd be like that for every other decision, you know, that I need to make. All the big decisions that we have in life, right? You know, who to marry and, you know, what career do we need to pursue and where do we need to move to and all all of those things. And it'd, it'd be nice, we think, if the Lord would just kind of reveal all of that to us in advance. And yet God in his wisdom did not choose to give us his wisdom in that way with that level of specificity. That's just not how... He has chosen to do things, but what he has given us in his word, and he tells us in his word that through the word and through his son and by his Holy Spirit who indwells us as believers, that he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And we're going to talk more about this, but he wants us to walk with him day by day by day. That's how he wants to reveal his wisdom to us. He wants to reveal it to us individually and collectively, and he wants to reveal it to us personally as we walk with him throughout our lives. Now, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today, mostly in the book of Proverbs. Our main scripture is Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. And so if you turn there, and your copy of God's Word. If not, it'll be on the screens in just a moment. But we're going to look at two verses that are sometimes pointed out by skeptics as an example of a contradiction in the Bible. Now, they aren't actually contradictory. They're they're meant to go together. There's a reason why they were written down one after the next, because they weren't meant to be read separately. They were meant to be read at the same time. Uh, But you can see why Uh, people sometimes are confused by how these two verses go together. And you'll see that when we read them. Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. King Solomon says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Next verse. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. As we jump into this passage and this idea of discernment, I want us to see three truths about the wisdom of discernment in God's word. And the first truth is this, we need the wisdom of discernment every day of our lives. As I said earlier, we need discernment in all kinds of situations that we will face in our lives. Now this specific situation, that this passage is addressing is how do we handle it uh, when we're having a conversation with someone who is foolish. And the first verse says, when you are talking to a fool, sometimes you shouldn't answer him. Look at verse four again. It says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Again, the situation that we're dealing with here, someone uh, who the Bible refers to as a fool. Now, we're not supposed to go around calling people fools. The Lord Jesus was pretty clear about that. But the word fool does show up an awful lot in the book of Proverbs. And biblically speaking, a fool is someone who has no fear of the Lord in their heart. Uh, A fool is someone who rejects the counsel of God's word, does not want to live according to God's word. A fool is uh, someone who uh, delights and is proud of living a sinful lifestyle, rejects all wise counsel. And here, this foolish person is doing something foolish or more likely saying something foolish to you, and you have to decide how or if you're going to respond to them. And the counsel in verse 4 is that sometimes we should not respond to them at all. That sometimes we should not even make a reply or even try to correct them. And the end of verse 4 tells us why. It tells us what the danger is. Lest you also be like him. You know, sometimes we get caught up in arguing with a foolish person. And, you know, we're not going to change their mind in the slightest. Because that, uh, that uh, concrete is already pretty dry. And they are set in their foolish ways of thinking. And all that ends up happening in that conversation is we end up sinking down to their level. And we end up acting and speaking just about as foolishly as they do. That's why sometimes it's better, the word of God says, to not reply at all. You know, when I see people getting caught up in this, most often today, it happens on social media. And somebody will post something that is really, really dumb. That happens quite a bit. And somebody else who knows more about that topic will reply and try to enlighten that person and kind of straighten that person out. And then they'll reply again and then they reply again. And then uh, over time, this conversation kind of uh, divulges and it divulges in the plain view of everyone else to see on social media. Nothing good comes from it. There's really nothing productive that happens. It doesn't have a whole lot of light, it just has an awful lot of heat. And the truth is, you do not have to reply to every comment that someone makes to you. You don't have to reply to every email. You don't have to reply to every tweet. You don't have to reply to every post. And sometimes the wisest thing to do is to use that beautiful key that we all have on our keyboard, which is the delete button. And sometimes when you receive a foolish letter, the best place for that letter is in that special file that you keep under your desk, the trash can. And you place it there and you move on because no godly purpose will be served by you responding to the person and to their foolishness. But that is not always the case. Verse 5 tells us that sometimes you should answer him. Look at verse 5 again. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Now, the word fool that's used in verse 5 is the same as the word fool in verse 4. But clearly, this is a different kind of fool and a different kind of situation. And here, in cases like this, we're being told to speak up. Uh, we're being told to correct uh, that individual and to respond to whatever foolishness that they are spouting forth. And we're told why at the end of that verse It says, lest they be wise in their own eyes. And so in this instance, we need to speak up and state the truth so that that person doesn't walk away from that conversation believing that they are right, believing that they are speaking wisdom. And there are several reasons why we need to do that. In some cases, we need to do that for the sake of that person. We need to love them enough to speak a word of correction, to speak wisdom, and then to pray that they will receive it to pray that they'll receive it so that they don't keep believing that foolishness and walking down a life of pursuing that foolishness that will eventually lead to their destruction. And so sometimes we need to speak up for the sake of that person. Sometimes we need to speak up for the sake of other people who are around, who are listening and people who might also get caught up in that foolishness if it is never corrected by anyone. I remember when I was in college at Florida State, sometimes we would have uh, people who would show up on the campus and you would kind of hear about them. You know, this guy, he's he's out preaching on the campus today. And uh, they would just preach uh, to groups of students, whoever would gather around. They'd do it on the middle of our green in the middle of campus. They'd do it in the student union or just out on the sidewalk and they'd get a group of students around. They'd stand up on a chair or a bench. They'd start preaching. Some of them were better than others. But I remember one particular day there was a guy that was preaching to a group of students and I kind of had a minute between classes. So I stopped and kind of joined that crowd and was listening to him. And and I could kind of pick up after just a minute or two that what he was speaking about really didn't line up with the word of God. he was actually teaching something that's known as sinless perfectionism. The idea that after a person is saved, they never sin again until they get to heaven. And if you ever do sin after you're saved, it means you weren't saved to begin with. This is what he was saying. And of course, that's not biblical. And so as he started to walk away, I just felt the Lord saying to me, you need to say something. And so I started speaking to that group of students and saying, this isn't right. And here's why it's not right. And it says in 1 John that if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. The truth is not even in you. Of course, he heard that. And so he came back and he didn't love that you know, a lot. And, and so you know, that led to a little bit of a, a debate there. But, but again, that was a situation where for the sake of the other people who were around, right, that folly needed to be, corrected. And so again, verses 4 and 5 in Proverbs 26 are not contradictory. They are meant to be read together because we will face both kinds of situations in our lives. We will encounter situations that are verse 4 situations, and we'll encounter some verse 5 situations as well. We'll encounter times where the wisest thing to do is to not reply to a fool because nothing good will come from it. But we'll also encounter times where the wisest thing is to answer that foolish person. And so what we need is this. We need the wisdom of discernment to know the difference. We need God's wisdom to be able to discern what situation am I in right now? And which one of these two principles applies in this given situation? And listen, it's not just in this one situation in life where a foolish person is speaking to you that you need God's discernment. We need the discernment of God. We need the wisdom to tell the difference in all manner of the different situations that we face in life. And, and here's just a, a few of them that come to mind. First of all, you, you know, you might face a situation where you don't know, you know, should I bring it up or should I let it go? You know, the the Bible tells us that we need to lovingly confront sin and not to bury things. But we also read in the Bible that love covers a multitude of sins. You know, in marriage, for example, it's going to be very exasperating for your spouse if every little thing that your spouse ever does wrong and every mistake that they ever make, you have to respond to that. If every sock that is left on the floor leads to a comment or to a lecture, that's not going to be a very enjoyable environment for anybody to be in. And so you need to know, do I need to bring this up or do I need to let this go? It's the same way with parenting, isn't it? Especially parents of teenagers. Any parents of teenagers out there? At any given point in time, there might be a hundred things that you feel like you need to talk to your teenager about. But you can't do that, right? You can't talk to them about every single thing that you see, or you'll be be on their case all day long. And so you have to have the wisdom to know, what are situations right now that God wants me to address? And what are some situations that God wants me to just give some space for his Holy Spirit to work in the heart of my son and the heart of my daughter? Now, that's a difficult thing, and it's something that requires discernment. The wisdom to know difference. Here's another area. Maybe you're trying to help somebody out and you need wisdom to know, am I really helping them or am I enabling them? The Bible calls us to help people. Absolutely. Calls us to serve people. Calls us to carry people's burdens for them. But we also know that sometimes our helping is actually hurting. And sometimes when we want to swoop in and save the day, even for our own children, or other family members, or friends, sometimes by doing that, what we're really actually doing is just enabling their bad behavior to continue. And what they really need most is to just be allowed to experience the consequences of their own foolish actions and decisions. And that's hard, isn't it, for parents to do especially. But sometimes that's the wisest thing to do. And sometimes it's through that, it's through learning the hard way that the Lord's gonna bring them back to the truth and the wisdom of His Word. Here, here's one more example. It's something that we encounter when we're uh, witnessing. You know, sometimes we wonder: Am I pleading for souls, or am I casting pearls before swine? What well, we know that the Bible tells us to share about the Lord, to, to share persistently, to plead with others as ambassadors of Christ, to plead with them, that they would be reconciled to God. But Jesus also told us, did he not, that we should not cast our pearls before swine. And you know there's no greater pearl than the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes you've been engaging and talking with someone over a long period of time, and you know that that right now they have no interest in the gospel. In fact, right now, every time you share the gospel, they simply mock the gospel, and they're trampling it underneath their feet. And so in moments like that, sometimes we need to pray and say, God, is this a moment where you want me to continue boldly, persistently sharing? Or is this a time where you want me to stop for just a minute? You want me to pray? You want me to give time for your spirit to work on this person's heart so that there's maybe a change and there's... There's an opening where I can present the gospel at a different time. We need wisdom to know what kind of situation that we are in. Every day in these areas that we just talked about and in thousands of others, we need discernment. We need the wisdom to know the difference. We need it in the everyday issues of life. But number two, we also need the wisdom of discernment in the big decisions that we all have to make in our lives. And maybe right now, I don't know where everybody is at as you came into this place today. Maybe right now you're making one of those big decisions of life a decision about a job, maybe about a big move, maybe a decision about a college to attend or a major to pursue. Maybe it's a decision about finances, a decision about a house or a relationship. Or some other choice that you need to make that you know is gonna have big ripple effects in your life for many years to come. We need God's wisdom in moments like that, but where do we find it? What does Proverbs have to say? What does the Bible have to say about that? Well, it's a big topic. Let me give you three places to check. Three places to check if you're facing a big decision and you wanna make a wise, discerning decision first of all, we need to check the word. We need to check the word. Proverbs talks early and often about how much we need to listen to God's wisdom, how we need to seek after it. It tells us that we're going to find God's wisdom in God's word, which comes from God's mouth. Here in Proverbs 2, listen to these words. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Listen, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. So if we want to understand every good path that we should be walking in in life, we've gotta be searching For God's wisdom, we have to be finding it in God's word where we find the record of what God has already spoken. I love this verse in Proverbs 10, 14 also where Solomon says this, he says, wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Wise people store up knowledge. They store up the word of God. I don't know how many of you have seen uh, this uh, particular show. I actually don't even know if it's still on anymore. But how many of y'all have seen that show, Hoarders, at some point uh, in uh, the past? That, that's a very, very interesting show. Where they, where they, they go in and they, they, they show you, you know, these people's lives and even these people's houses, who are hoarders, and it's, it's a compulsive thing, right? Where they they just keep adding more and more junk and stuff to their home. And, and, And in some cases, it's so bad. You open the door, there's literally only like a little one foot path, you know, to get to their recliner. And then there's a one foot path to get from there to like the bathroom and the refrigerator. Every other square inch of the house from the floor to the ceiling is packed with stuff. And, and they're trying to help these folks. And so they'll talk to them about, hey, can we get rid of this? Or like this one thing over here? And, and, and they're like very, very hard, very difficult for them to get rid of anything. And what they normally say is, I, I can't get rid of that because I just don't know when I'm going to need it. Even though they probably couldn't find it, right? Buried under all that stuff in their house. I just don't know when I'm going to need it. Obviously, that's not good. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be hoarders when it comes to having a lot of junk in our house houses. But, but listen, when it comes to God's word, we want to be hoarders about that. We want to store up the knowledge and the wisdom of God. And listen, we want to put it and cram it into every crevice of our heart and our mind or our soul. And, and we want to put it there for the same reason that the hoarder keeps all of their stuff, because you never know when you're going to need it. You never know in that verse that you memorized as a child. You never know when that chapter that you read in your quiet time last week, you never know when that sermon you listened to or that Bible study you went to is going to be precisely the little piece of wisdom that you're going to need for that situation that's right around the corner. Proverbs says, wise people store up God's knowledge in their hearts. You know, one more thing to mention when it comes to checking God's word about a decision. You know, we need to remember always what Jesus said about the Bible. In Matthew chapter five, he said this, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus said, God's word is not gonna change. You know, Because God never changes, his word never changes. It's as true today as it ever was. And what that means practically for us is this. If you're thinking about a a decision and and let's say that you want to do X, but you check the word and you know the word of God says Y. At that point, uh, the word of God doesn't change. It it doesn't adapt to our circumstances. It doesn't doesn't alter because it's the 21st century. And so if you want to do X and the word of God says Y, at that point, you really don't need to go and find another opinion. You don't need to go talk to somebody. You don't need to go try to find a friend that maybe is going to help you feel better about the decision you're about to make. You don't even need to pray about it because God has already told you in his word what he believes about that situation. So here's a good way to remember that. If what you're thinking about doing doesn't line up with scripture, listen, it's not a wisdom question anymore. It's just an obedience question. But well, we don't need to sound super spiritual. You know, I just, I don't, God, would you show me your wisdom and what, what I need to do? He's already shown you his wisdom. He's already told you what to do in that situation. And now it's just a question are we going to obey his word or are we not? And so that's the first thing. We need to check. The word of God. But maybe the decision that you're weighing right now is not one where there's a chapter and verse that tells you that one of the options you're considering is sinful or is wrong. It's just a decision where you really need wisdom to know which path to take and, and what you need to do. You know, another place you can check, another place the Bible tells you to check and tells me to check is this. We need to check with godly counselors. And the book of Proverbs talks an awful lot about the value and the blessing of finding godly counsel and listening to it and following it. Proverbs 2018 says, plans are established by counsel." Proverbs 12:15 says, "The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise." And then King Solomon, who was the wisest person who ever lived, except for the Lord Jesus, told us that it's good not just to have one wise counselor; it's good to have a whole multitude of wise counselors. And he says something similar to this several times in the Book of Proverbs. Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. So, if we want to make wise and uh, godly decisions, and we need to seek counsel from godly people that we know and we need to go to them and we need to hear their counsel. Uh, you know, we don't want to be like those that Proverbs 18.1 talks about, those who isolate themselves and make all their decisions in a vacuum without reference to anybody else. Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment." You know, I've noticed that when a believer makes sometimes a really, really unwise decision and and, and you're talking to them about it and, and, you know, sometimes I'll ask, like, did you seek any godly counsel, any counsel before you made this decision? And they'll say, well, no, I really didn't. And if you continue to ask some more questions after that, what you end up kind of finding out is that they didn't ask any counsel and they didn't ask any counsel on purpose, Because I think sometimes as believers, right, we know deep down in our spirit that what we're about to do is really, really dumb. And and we know that if we go, especially if we go to the godly people who are in our lives, who know the word of God, that if we go to them, we know already what they're going to say. And so we don't go to them on purpose. We isolate ourselves, and we just say, "You know what? I'm not going to talk to. That. I don't need to talk to anybody about this. I've got this." And so we just make the decision that we think makes the most sense, when we know, you know, if I ask any one of those five people, they'd all tell me this is dumb. But we don't do it on purpose. And as we're reading here in the Word of God, that in and of itself is not wise. God has put godly people in our lives for such a time as that for that moment when you need to go to them and you need to ask them and you need to listen to them. Now, again, what we're talking about is going and getting godly counsel. We're we're not talking about just going and getting any counsel that we can find. We're not talking about just going to friends who don't know the Lord, who who don't uh, really uh, value his word and just finding out what they have to say about something because ultimately that's going to be ungodly counsel, which is really what we don't need to be listening to. Psalm 1 tells us, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. But sometimes we do that, don't we? Even as believers, sometimes we choose to listen to ungodly counsel instead of godly counsel. And we end up paying the price for that in our lives. You know, that even happened, that exact thing happened to the very person more than any other that the book of Proverbs was written to. The book of Proverbs was mainly written by King Solomon and his main audience was his own son, the royal son, King Rehoboam. And after King Solomon died, Rehoboam took the throne. And the first thing that we read about Rehoboam is that the people of Israel came to him and they said, Rehoboam, your dad, you know, he was pretty good and all. He did some nice stuff, built us a nice temple, but he was really, really hard on us. And he made us work really, really hard. And you know what? It would really mean a lot to us if you could just kind of ease off the throttle just to scotch. You know, if you could just kind of lighten up just a little bit, that would be great. And we will serve you and we will follow you. Rehoboam said, well, let me take three days and get back to you on what we're gonna do. Well, then he went and he talked to different people. First group of people he went to talk to were the older guys who were the friends of his father, King Solomon, and they were his advisors. And he said, well, what do you guys think that I should do? And they told him, listen, listen, King Rehoboam, if you'll just concede this one little thing, if you'll just go to them and you'll just speak kindly to them and speak gently to them, and if you'll just lighten up just a little bit in how you handle this, they're going to love you. They're going to follow you all the days of your life. And so he said, Well, thank you. And then he went to a different group of counselors. He went to his own young buddies that were his friends growing up. And he said to this group, He said, Now, what do you guys think that I need to do? And they said, You know what? You need to drop the hammer. You need to tell those people it is time to shape up. In fact, you need to tell them that you're on the throne now and you thought you had it bad with my daddy. You got it real bad now. I'm going to make it 10 times worse than it was when he was on the throne. And King Rehoboam didn't listen to those older, wiser counselors. Instead, he listened to his stupid friends. And three days later, he stood in front of the people of Israel and he said, You think you had it bad with my dad? Buckle up for what's about to happen. And that day, 10 of the tribes of Israel walked away. And literally, the kingdom of Israel was broken into two because one man listened to bad counsel. And you know what? The same thing can happen in our lives, our lives can be torn apart. Because we choose to listen to ungodly counsel instead of godly counsel. Make sure that the people that you go to in times like that are people who are, know the Word of God and are going to tell you what you need to hear, even if it isn't what you want to hear. So we need to check with the word. We need to check with godly counselors. And then number three, of course, it almost goes without saying, we need to check with the Lord. I wish we had time because there's so many stories in the Old Testament, about times when God's people checked with the Lord, the language that you read in the Old Testament is they inquired of the Lord. And when they had inquired of the Lord, the Lord spoke to them and the Lord directed them. But then there was other times that you read about in the Old Testament where they did not inquire of the Lord and they just did whatever they thought made sense. You know, we do that sometimes, don't we? And we don't inquire of him, we don't ask him, we don't go to him, we just do what makes sense to us and we end up with the consequences of that. You know, one of the most famous passages in the book of Proverbs, it speaks to this. It's a passage I remember learning when when I was young. It's a passage that we've taught to our boys. It's a passage that I, I wish and hope that our whole church would have memorized and would be a passage that we would always go to whenever we have a decision to make in life. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all, y'all read it with me from the screen. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You know, that word trust there is a Hebrew word that was also used to describe the way an older king would lean on the arm of his advisors. They would lean on their shoulder. And, you know, in the same way, we're we're being called to lean on the Lord, to to rest on him, to depend on him, to trust in him. And, And what a freeing principle this is. What a promise this is. All we have to think about, we just need to trust in the Lord. We need to not lean on our own understanding. We need to lean on him and trust in him. And when we do that, he says, I will direct your paths. I will lead you in my steps. You know, when you just strip everything else away, it just gets really simple, doesn't it? We just need to trust and lean on the Lord. And everything else, Will take care of itself. Proverbs 16.3 also tells us, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, sometimes we get all worked up and anxious when we're trying to make a big decision. I know I do sometimes. Sometimes I can see three sides of a two-sided problem. You ever like that? And you can just think about it, you mull it over in your mind, and you just get all worked up, you get all anxious about it, trying to make a decision. Well, Paul said something about that. He said, when we take that to the Lord in prayer, not only is he going to direct our paths, but he's also going to fill us with his peace. Philippians chapter four says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this passage also in Isaiah. It's a picture of us walking down the road of life and how the Lord's voice will guide us and lead us on the right path. It says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. You know, we've seen how we all need the wisdom of discernment. We need it for those big decisions of life we need it every day, even for the little uh, decisions and conversations that we have uh, in life. But the question is, how do we get more of it? We need it, but where do we find it? How do we grow uh, in it and grow wiser as the years go by? And, you know, that's not an automatic thing, by the way. It, it isn't an automatic thing that as you get older, you get wiser. You know, we can just get older. So how do we get wiser as we go along through our years. Here's truth number three that we cannot miss today as we wrap up this series in Proverbs. We grow in the wisdom of discernment by walking with the one who is wisdom. One of the main truths that I hope we all take away from this series in Proverbs is that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. He's the only one who ever lived a truly wise life in every situation. He always walked in God's wisdom. You know, part of the mystery of the incarnation, the, the mystery of Jesus being the God-man, both fully God and fully man at the same time, is that the Bible says he actually grew in wisdom. In Luke two fifty-two, we read this, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So Jesus grew in wisdom, but how do we grow in wisdom? Do we grow in wisdom by, you know, finding the right conference that we can go to? Do we find it by looking for the right TED Talk online that's going to just change everything for us? Do do we find that wisdom that we need for life by finding the special book on the bookshelf at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon? Do Do we find it by finding some guru at the top of the Himalayan mountains? whose words are like the drippings of gold that come down to us. Is that how we grow wiser? Now, now those things can help. Conferences, books, and mentors can help. We can find some wisdom there, but ultimately we grow in wisdom by walking with Jesus, who perfectly walked in wisdom every day of his earthly life. Even thinking about where we started today, Proverbs 26, 4, and 5, the, the situation of encountering someone who's saying something foolish. When do we speak? When do we not speak? Jesus modeled that perfectly also in his earthly life. There were times where he understood it was a time to speak, and there were times that he understood it was time to be silent. In Matthew 15, for example, the Pharisees were upset with Jesus about his disciples not washing their hands just right in the way that their man-made ceremonial rules determined. And and Jesus rebuked them. Jesus answered a fool according to their folly. And he told them, first of all, the things that you're talking about are made up. They're not even in the word of God. But secondly, you are violating things that actually are in the word of God. You're violating God's law. He even uh, rebuked his own disciple. You remember Matthew 16, that time when, uh, when he rebuked, Jesus, uh, rebuked Peter so sternly and directly. This is what we read. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Wow. He rebuked the Lord saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. In other words, you're not gonna die. You need to stop saying that. And then look at what Jesus did. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Jesus knew when he needed to rebuke, when he needed to correct foolishness, whether it was coming from the lips of the Pharisees or from the lips of his own disciple. But Jesus also knew those times when he needed to keep silent, just like he did the night before he went to the cross. Mark 15, the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. In that instance, Jesus did not answer a fool according to his folly. He stayed silent. And like a sheep that was led to the slaughter, he did not open his mouth but he silently went to the cross and gave his life for you and for me. Friend, I, I hope and I believe that we all want to be wise and we all want to know God's wisdom for our lives, but, but here is the truth. You can't know God's wisdom for your life if you aren't spending your life walking with the one who is God's wisdom. And friend, right now, are you walking with Jesus? Do you know him? Have you ever come to that place in your life where you fully surrendered your life to the Lord, where you've invited him to come and to be your savior and your Lord? If you haven't, you can do that today and begin that relationship of walking with Christ. Maybe you already are a child of God. You already have invited the Lord Jesus into your life. But right now, are you walking closely with him? Are you trying to learn from him every day the wisdom that he wants to teach you and show you? He invites us to do that. If we're broken, if we're tired from trying to do things in our own wisdom for far too long, Jesus invites us, Matthew 11, he says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Listen to these words, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light we've seen this last proverb earlier in our series, but I think it's a good one just to end this series on this morning. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise. I know we normally read that and we think about other wise people that we need to surround ourselves with. And certainly that's true. But if you think about it, church, there has never been a wiser man than the God man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we want to be wise, We need to walk with the wisest man who ever lived. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And when we walk closely with him, we will grow wiser day by day by day. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we praise you today and we thank you that you have not left us alone. You have not left us without your wisdom, without your knowledge. But Father, you have given us your wisdom in your word and through your son, Jesus Christ, and by your spirit. And so Father, even this week, help us to walk with Jesus. Help us to grow in wisdom as as he did. Lord, that we might grow wiser day by day as we listen and learn from you. Father, I pray for anyone in this room who has not yet surrendered their life to Jesus, that today they would. They would come to the one who loves them, the one who died for them, for all of us at the cross and who rose again on the third day that we could have life both now and forever. Father, stir in our hearts now. Help us to walk with the wise, with you that we might grow wise. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, let's stand together as we worship the Lord. And if you're here and you need to receive that gift of salvation that comes through Christ, the wisdom of God, you can come right now, leave your seat and come and speak with me or one of the other pastors here. And maybe you need to come and get counsel about a situation in your life. You can come and pray with one of our pastors as well right now as we sing and worship together.